0: Greg I I had a hat like I saw on this cover once oh yeah kind of it wasn't pink I got myself one of those like angry birds like wool hats it was like an angry bird though it's amazing nice nice to to debate tournaments as a coach Mm -hmm. go judge interp rounds with it on classy it was very classy. Um, there were a few people in the community that weren't really happy with my hat.
1: I'm sure they weren't. They were probably like, "Why are you wearing that hat? That is so not professional."
0: That is exactly the comments I got. This is unprofessional. <laughs> so there were a couple times where I put on a full suit and then wore the hat with the suit.
1: See, that is professional.
0: It's extremely professional. I applaud it, that. <laughs> it was not me waving a big middle finger at everybody. It was
1: certainly being professional. Is it because your head was cold? I mean... I my would, head's
0: always cold. So, I, yes, yeah. that's why I bought the hat. Like, I bought it the makes hat because my head was cold. And, you know, remember when everybody was playing Angry Birds on the phone? And there have been people at times I, that may have said I was kind of angry.
1: Are you saying that people aren't playing Angry Birds anymore? Because I am still playing Angry Birds.
0: Okay, well, when you I, don't I'm, update your phone <laughs> for 15 years, yeah, I mean, that you tend to play Angry Birds. I mean, I just bought a new phone,
1: so... I honestly thought I was going to have to buy a new phone yesterday because when you were trying to call me, my phone was freaking out and I was like, I don't understand why it's not answering, why nothing is working. Nothing is working on my phone. I couldn't go to email. I couldn't go to voicemail. I couldn't go to text. I couldn't go to anything. Nothing was working, nothing at all. And it didn't work for five hours.
0: And see, here's the difference between you and I. If my phone battery can't last six hours, I buy a new phone.
1: It wasn't the battery. It was like the the, the whole entire everything like was messed up. So sure, like, you had,
0: waited to that point. Like I would have been like at battery won't last longer than six to seven hours. I'm like done.
1: I'm I, I, I went through and I like I I nuked the phone, came back, it's working fine.
0: Did you melt the phone? No, like, I phone? like I
1: I like I, I well, I threw in the microwave, of course, that's what the, the YouTube video said, throw in the microwave, it'll fix it. Sorry about no, rice. No, I didn't. I, uh, I, I, I went through and I like deleted a bunch of stuff for like another, I don't know, an hour or two, just deleting things until well, it worked.
0: Well, it is. <laughs> it is really cool today because while you were doing all that, I read a Power Pack comic book from the 80s last night, but I was a little confused. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, Sweet. there was these kids and they sort of looked like Power Pack and they were like fighting for America. Oh, cool. But there was only two of them. Oh, yeah. And then like this weird guy was investigating them. He, he sort of looked like a cross between like Geraldo Rivera and, and Commissioner Gordon. Nice. Yeah. I like
1: it. What was or it called?
0: maybe maybe just the Twitch character from Spawn because I guess that was like a hybrid of like Commissioner Gordon and other things.
1: And Geraldo Rivera?
0: Kinda, yeah. Okay. He seems like it. I don't know. I don't know that, 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 that the that the the Todd father has has confirmed that, but The Todd
1: Father. Yeah. I, I don't mess with the Todd Father. No, you don't mess with the Todd Father. He owes me four dollars. He does. He, yes, factual? dude. Yeah. Well, like we we put money on stuff down at the spider's web, and I never got my things. They closed.
0: Oh, it closed before you could get a book.
1: Okay. Yeah, oh. and like I'm pretty sure, like I'm gonna chase him down someday and be like, well, "Y'all te- te- owe technically, me five, four Kim bucks. owes
0: you four dollars. Kim owes I don't me think four dollars. The Todd dollars. Father owes you four four dollars. I'm gonna hold him to it. But the Todd Father's brother-in-law. And best friend owes you $4
1: Four dollars. I'm, I'm show up like the kid from uh, Better Off Dead on my bike.
0: Well, well, the good news is you could impersonate something, but not that I figured you were impersonating Stan Lee.
1: Oh, yeah, I could maybe. I mean, I had to grow a mustache again, which that does not go over to all well my house. So,
0: yeah, it's a terrible idea. I it's agree. a bad look on Greg. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to agree with your
1: wife on this one. Uh, it 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 takes it takes a while.
0: Well, the good news is I read a comic
1: book. Yeah, last night. It's yeah. amazing you read a comic book. I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> I
0: read a comic book from 2020.
1: Whoa, a new comic book, not an old yeah. comic book.
0: Correct. I actually read a few new comic books as of late. Uh, I was just reading. Well, I was reading uh, Dan Jurgens. Which is kind of like reading an old comic book, uh-huh. uh, but plotted and wrote with a, a few other folks. Uh, this these large, I, you know, hundred page books for DC. A couple of them, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I heard people saying they don't like them, but I absolutely loved them. They 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 fit in that timeline where the 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 heroes never age. Ah. And it's it's kind of like time's frozen, and they were having this big adventure where against one of the lords of chaos and order and everything who could hold time, and it was, it was fun. It like it was like the Batman from the '30s and Commandy and Superboy, like the Superboy. You know the adventures of of Superman of when Super, he was a boy, yeah. Superboy. Yeah, yeah, and and all these different and Booster Gold, old Booster Gold, and young Ooh. Booster Gold, and yeah, it, it was it was just to me it was just fun. Uh, That's cool. I heard people complaining that the the story wasn't tight enough for them, and I was like, well, you know, sometimes I just want to have fun. So I was reading yeah. that, I, I've been reading a few of the of the uh, DC uh, Future State books. They've been okay. Nice. Uh, nice. Some of them have been okay. Some of them have been phenomenal. Uh, totally blanking. Uh, <laughs> is it Mark Russell that? The Pink Panther or the uh, Pink Panther. (laughs) Absolute wrong character, Dan. Uh, We just read the books. (laughs) Snagglepuss.
1: Snagglepuss.
0: Uh, Yeah. The author of that is writing this uh, Imperius Superman Imperius Lex, where Lex has his own planet. Oh, wild. And he tries to join the United Planets and they're trying to figure out how to tell them no. But like this whole planet worships him and it's it's kind of fun. Uh, A lot of fun, but. I, like it. I so I contrary to popular belief here I know we're probably wasting a lot of time on this but I do actually read new comic books I don't just read old ones.
1: He digs into the new long box, the box of books that are new.
0: That may actually surprise people. I you know I, I it's funny uh cuz I'm going to talk about a different co-author of yours than what we're about to talk about right now. <laughs> but uh-huh. I speak with one of your co-authors once a year. Uh because when Comic-Con actually happens, of course, it didn't happen this year. And we sit at the end of the table and talk about all the new comic books while everybody else talks about other stuff, which I always uh, think is great. Yes. Because we actually read them.
1: And I read some so, new comics occasionally.
0: I know. I'm not saying you don't. But, you know, we both have an affinity for new superhero comic books. Where is true. The rest of the crowd is kind of like, oh, superhero comic books so passe. I
1: want to read that bank robbing comic book or that, that, that other heist book
0: or have you, yeah, exactly. Or that really cool
1: drug music book.
0: (laughs) Have you read that indie thing by that indie person who did an indie thing? Wait,
1: which one there's, there's a, there's a few.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So it was kind of fun, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I read, like I said, I read this book and, uh,
1: it was written by you. What? It couldn't have just been written by me. It no, had to it have all, been written. It was, if it was written by my other co-writer, it had to yeah. have been written by the amazing Travis Webb. That, that's true.
0: Um, and and so can you give me, I'm going to ask you for some scoops, okay?
1: Okay, some scoops. Uh, as
0: we go through. But can you all give right. me one scoop? So I was all reading right. this book.
1: This book that you have not named yet.
0: Right. I was reading this book and I felt like the Travis person was doing more of the plotting and the Greg person was doing more of the scripting.
1: It was definitely a, a flipperoo of the normal uh, Mike and Greg uh, party that you're used to. So uh, for, for our listener out there uh, and, and anybody that does jump in on this, uh, in, in Junior Braves land, uh, I do the plotting generally uh and, and mike scripts it out uh and in uh in this book it was a flipperoo 100 percent. and it was kind of crazy and kind of nice um to to take to take a different role and uh and a stroll in some different shoes
0: yeah so you were jm de mateus and travis was keith giffen yes awesome <laughs> that's something I can relate to. So there's a, yeah, it, and I, it's funny cause I've known you for so long. I can, I can hear you sometimes when I read stuff, you script. So sometimes I hear it in your voice, which is really weird uh, when well, I'm reading it.
1: That's awesome.
0: Uh, but we, we could get into that. So I, I guess I'm glad I picked up on it. I'd feel embarrassed as, as a longtime friend of yours not to pick up on the stuff that was actually your scripting.
1: Oh, man, that is good, though. That's crazy. Because, like, I mean, as, as a storyteller, uh, it's nice to know that there I have definitely there's a voice uh, to what I do. I mean, not to say that that's not 100% in Junior Braves. Like, there's a lot of times where Mike and I will will take a chapter. And yep. people will, will say, you wrote that one. And I'm like, how, how could you tell? And they're like, it, it it all flows, but there's definitely a moment, right? Where there's like a, like a little bit of like a, like when you flip a record and it's like, oh, hey, that's a different track, yep. <laughs> you know? And, but then it all goes back together in continuity, right? But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to hear somebody that that's known me for, I mean, like, We've been friends forever. And, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is definitely a great voice.
0: <laughs> I can so definitely it's... hear it. Well, we're here to talk about Starlight Issue 2.
1: Oh, yes. Starlight Issue 2. That's what you're reading. Just That's came what out. I was reading. Yeah, just just got in the mail. Uh, we put it out uh, for everyone to enjoy. But uh, for those who are not in a date, or uh, those un- unordained—is that the, the correct terminology? Yes. With the uh, Starlight, I can tell you a little bit about the Starlight uh, comic book series that Travis Webb and I have been working on for man—it's been a few years now. Um, since since uh, since he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, "Greg, come along on this journey with me." Uh, so Starlight is uh, essentially what happens when childhood superheroes are all grown up. And, uh, what, what kind of, what kind of things happen to them? Uh, we, we wrote a story about some kids that like, you know, do they end up wanting to know, do they end up like the Hollywood stars that you see on TMZ and, uh, they got the paparazzi chasing after them to get those, those hot pics and stuff like that of them, uh, out doing, doing things or whatever, or are they, um, are they forgotten? And uh, this is this is kind of like that story. Uh, the the main story follows uh, Chris and Sarah Sheridan, uh, the formerly known as Mighty Boy and the Melter. Uh, they were the sensational Ultra Kids. You mean Power Pack? There's a bit of a love letter. There's a bit of a love letter. I'm not going to lie. Totally
0: uh, a love letter. Oh, so Brett, uh, talk about Brett for a second. Yeah, we yeah, get back Brett. Into this.
1: Uh, uh, Brett, the the awesome and amazing artist so uh, Brett Waddell uh, he is uh, he came he this is this is one of those things where and I, I have to say um, you know we'll, we'll get into like where this all came from but really this is this is purely the imagining of Travis and Brett uh, wanting to to do something fun with superheroes but coming up with a, a different take, if you will. And, uh, and, and bringing along this, this, um, this feeling of like, okay, what happens to these kids, uh, after that? And, and Brett does a, such a great job. If you if you know of the different things that Brett has done, um, anywhere from, uh, I, now I'm going to blank on, on the, the biggest thing that he, <laughs> everybody knows, uh, uh, why can't I think of the name of the book and when well, you can't
0: think of the book in the movie, but I've got to tell you the biggest thing that Brett has told me that he has done because Brett is a, a beautiful watercolor artist. Yes. And he sells more of that golden girls painting.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Anything.
0: He does. That, <laughs> but it's so crazy that's to me, but hot... it's so neat. Nah. Yeah.
1: Um, no, uh, why can't I, it, uh, I almost said insert uh, the, uh,
0: uh well we'll get back to that later let's 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 focus on the book i'll help you out on this piece okay. in a second here but okay I, kind of focusing back in yeah his art uh i don't I'll have you give a synopsis of book one here in a second so we can get into book two. But yeah. I was looking at it. I think it's just a couple pages in and that's the power pack reference comes from Brett's really cool art of the rendition of the ultra kids original costumes. Yes. Uh, with the, with the, the pale blue with the the white lightning bolts. But mm-hmm. I just, I looked the first time I looked at it, I was like, Oh, power
1: pack. <laughs> you, you got kids, superheroes, you got to dress them up in something that's kind of familiar. But, but also it's, it's their own, right? So it's, it's, it's got that touch note to it that, that you're like, oh, Hey, and, and for Brett, I mean, a lot of the stuff he's done is very dark. Uh, it's a lot of uh, crime, uh, crime stuff or sci-fi stuff or wrestling stuff. And, you know, to do a comic book that's, that's around superheroes and music and other stuff like that uh, with bright colors and other things like that, that, that's really um, lively and, and, and all this is a, a big, a big jump. And he gets, he gets to play with a lot of different, different things that he has in his, in his toolkit of his, his artistry. But, um, to, to kind of like lead you through what, what book one has in it, it's, it's, it's really essentially, uh, you, you meet the kids, they're in a rave, uh, Chris is looking for his sister, Sarah, who's, who's off with her friends and, and being a kid, she's, she's just trying to live as, as a kid. And, and Chris isn't having any of that. Cause you know, it's like, Hey, we have to, we have to do, we have to be the best mm-hmm. that we are and we have to do some other good stuff in the world. And we just can't be a bunch of, a bunch of, you know, kids out there partying it up. And he's like, I got to get you home. But, um, he gets her home and and that's when that's when the story really picks up and takes off because they literally get bombarded by a newsman who's much like Geraldo Rivera. Uh, he wants to get this this hot interview uh, to find out who they really are. and uh then then again, they get picked up, and it does take off because that's where the aliens show up because yeah. well. Cause we need what's aliens? a good story without aliens, right? And they're not just regular old aliens; they're cat aliens.
0: And, and of course, we have this weirdness with this reporter coming to investigate them too in the first book, right? To, to oh, track yeah. down the the ultra kids to got the paparazzi on them.
1: Yes, because you got to. I mean, well, I mean, what's a what's what, when you got when you got a when you got a guy that's chasing on them, trying to break this story. He's he's trying to. Find out who who are the super who are the ultra kids? Where did the ultra kids go? Um, where have they been? Uh, where's Cotton Eye Joe? Then you know he's going to show up. He's going to find them. Um,
0: and I love it too because he he looks like you know Geraldo Rivera uh, who is still smoking cigarettes from the '80s who still hasn't found the tomb on the special. And uh, <laughs> maybe you know before he went crazy and went on Fox, he went crazy instead and started to try to find the ultra kids.
1: Yeah. And that's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of become his mission. <laughs> so.
0: so it's interesting. And, and we end with the, did I forget this? So book one, we've got the, they got the cat aliens. Uh, they've got, they've got the uh, grown up versions I guess or late teen versions of of Mighty Boy and the Melter here yeah and, and they've got the reporter and then we get Captain Commander
1: oh yeah Captain Commander he's 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 at the he's at the end and it's funny it's like we get we've, we've done some you know like interviews and stuff like that with people and they're like oh what's the story with Captain Commander um he, it's about Ultra Kids <laughs> it's about chris and sarah nobody cares Uh, about captain commander to be determined to be determined uh well you know i mean he's he if 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 you read through the if you can kind of pick up on some of the different things in the in the story itself and and he might uh some of these things uh you know as they as they have their discussions throughout the series and stuff like that uh and, it, and this isn't by any chance, you know, there's no by any means spoiling anything, but uh, they do talk about their their time as superheroes, right? So um, not that you're going to get a whole lot of this guy, but you're going to get some brief look backs at, at exactly what you saw and, you know, some some more exposition as to how they got to and why they are the way they are, you know? One, and, one of my, yeah, hmm?
0: go ahead. Sorry. No, you didn't say interrupt. one of your
1: favorite. Well, I just right. say one
0: of my favorite parts. I'm back to the power pack thing a little bit, but one of my, my little favorite parts is the homage. I mean, it's just two of them. Right. But with the, the taller, lankier brother, right. With the, mm-hmm. with then with the, with the little sister who has all the power. Yeah. And the big brother still dealing with that later on in the book. And it's kind of like if, I, I'm not saying your book is Power Pack because it's definitely not. Uh, but in that comparison, always wondering what that would have looked like when they grew up, right? Of Because the, the, the big brother always had this sort of complex in Power Pack, right? I mm-hmm. should say always, but later on had that sort of complex about not being the most powerful because he wanted to be the big brother, right? And take care right. of everything. And so now it's – I see a little bit of that in this book.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely like I said, it has some homage to um, to that and and we make no bones about it. Uh, people people make the they they point that out and and we we definitely know that that's where that's where a lot of our our heart is, right in in creating this. Uh, we wanted to want to tell a story that 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 felt familiar enough for somebody that was reading this but also had a a different layer and and yes there is uh for for anyone listening there is some there's some drug use uh as as sarah is taking drugs uh and definitely that is part of not not always for people in rave culture but definitely is part of rave culture and part of what she is substituting the um the superhero or not being a superhero
0: so, so here's something I did want to check in with you before we get to issue two. Yeah. Did you know? Did I know? At one point, the Power family was relocated to what island in Washington state?
1: Bainbridge Island?
0: That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so they moved from New York City to and New Jersey to uh, Bainbridge Island. So I feel like we have a a, a connection here.
1: There, there might, there might be a a slight, as I said it's we make no bones about this. There is some homage to it. Um, if anyone has ever been to Travis's house as well, um, the house that that uh, the the, uh, the Sheridans live in uh, that you see in book one that does get blown up is uh, is definitely Travis's house. <laughs> wow. Well, we
0: are out of book one, so we leave book one. Yes. Everybody's been abducted by – well, not everybody. The reporter and the Sheridans have the been Shari-
1: – uh, The Sheridan brother and sister
0: have been kidnapped
1: Chris and by Sarah.
0: the aliens, the cat aliens.
1: The cat aliens, yes, who Meow. are talking in 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 some weird cat alien language.
0: But I get a cover where they're sitting on a car – and, uh, eating popcorn. Yes. I do like
1: popcorn. You do like popcorn. Who doesn't like popcorn? It is delicious. Everyone loves popcorn. That is, that is cover a, uh, that is the Brett cover. And, uh, you'll see that on Starlet issue two. Um, so issue one was titled aptly titled, uh, I'm sorry. I bounced out of it. Issue one is, uh, titled, have fun titles for these books is uh, Star Bright. Bright, yep. And then you have Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as number two. Uh, so you have the the Eating Popcorn on a Car in Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for issue uh, cover two, the, uh, or issue two cover A. A, yep. And then issue two cover B is the Jenna Ayub uh, cover, which is Sarah. With all of your favorite concession stand uh, characters behind her, as she is dancing away yep. with light sticks and her glow mm-hmm. wristbands and candy bracelets and her cat hat or her bunny hat—I said cat hat, her her bunny hat—which I have one, I got one from uh, from the creator. We had that was one of our our cool uh, um, tiers was you could get one of those hats. Yeah, and, there um,
0: are people in the back of this issue wearing those hats.
1: They're so cool and very comfortable,
0: <laughs> so, super warm. Well, let's let's get into this. So uh, right. we got the setup, and so we jump in, and and you may not have mentioned this in your synopsis. You you were you were too busy giving our family warning on oh, yeah. uh, on drug use, uh, but you failed to mention. I- uh, yeah you what you failed to mention was that Sarah uh, mm-hmm. took some ecstasy yes. right before the end of book
1: one. Yes, she took ecstasy at the at the at the end of book one. Um, mainly uh, it was it was to enhance whatever she has still in her in hopes that she can bring that that power back.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, she's, uh, she's a little sweating a lot.
1: Um, yes, yes, this is, this is definitely, this is, um, Travis, Travis Brett and I had a lot of discussions about how to, to really make this as, you know, real as, as, um, as possible and making, you know, like getting, uh, getting the character, uh, as, as, as as honest, right? So, um, for those, um, uh, that are, that are listening, if you're, uh, if you've ever seen anyone that is taking ecstasy, it does raise your temperature levels, uh, and, uh, you do sweat and, uh, too much can probably melt your brain or definitely give you a, a very, very bad, uh, amount of heat in your head. She
0: aptly named, She was called the melter, right?
1: Yes. The melter. <laughs>
0: and and mighty boy so uh yeah so we're we're in and and the melter appears to be melting and (laughs) we've got uh the reporter in the middle (laughs) which is uh, i can't tell you how amazing the reporter in the middle is throughout the story and he's just there the 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 super former superheroes are just chilling out here um though there's a lot of squench squenching as, as Sarah sucks on her binky.
1: She doesn't want to grind her teeth away, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently that, that binky seems to stay there a lot though. I'm not sure what's going on with the binky, but you know,
1: Hey, oh, it, it's, a, it's again with, 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 uh, with ecstasy use, you're, you're grinding your, your teeth a lot and you don't want to grind too much. So the binky definitely keeps your teeth from, um, grinding too much. Well, so she's, she's, she's going she, she must have binkying. a lot because
0: that binky stays around her neck all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, well, Chris is, is, uh, there. And he explains to the reporter that Sarah's chewing on her binky because she's rolling. So you mentioned that we're flipping the next page and, uh, Chris just spills the beans like a good big bro to the reporter. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but then it's interesting, too, because he's sort of in the first issues kind of of looking out for her. I would say kind of is right. Dragged her yeah. back to the house. So really still looking out for her. and now he looks sort of exasperated now that they've been captured by space aliens. And he just gets asked, like, why is she taking this? And
1: he's just like, ask her. He, <laughs> he's he's, he's kind of he's done with this. <laughs> he, he's 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 like, man, how did this get brought upon me? How how did this happen? I mean, why is this happening? Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and now I'm on a spaceship with my little sister who who presumably does not have powers. Right. But we kind of know that she might.
1: And, and 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 a guy who they definitely don't want to be talking to.
0: <laughs> right. And so this is not. Who you, but, but I mean, I guess if you're captured by space aliens and you're out of space, uh, who really cares if the paparazzi knows the goods? Right.
1: Right. It could be and all over at this moment, right?
0: <laughs> and so the reporter starts kind of going crazy on Sarah, asking her about it, uh, why she would do it uh, and everything. And eventually she takes it all in and he keeps yelling. And uh, she just tells him to, "Well, uh, you know, fuck off.
1: I mean, as one would.
0: <laughs> as one probably would. All righty, Greg. So we flipped the page here and uh, right after... Sarah's telling the reporter to f off, and we've got cat aliens again.
1: Yes, we do. Yes, we do.
0: And, and we've got something else here that <laughs> looks kind of spidery.
1: It is. It's a. It's a spider alien, vine seek. And I mean, what's scarier than a giant interdimensional, transdimensional, interpersonal, transdimensional spider alien?
0: <laughs> yep, and I. I, yeah, um, not as super. I, I don't know. I'm not as spider. You know that's not true. Little spiders don't really bug me, but big spiders, not a big fan.
1: Of nah, big spiders. Me neither. No, no. If they can, if they can move the furniture. I mean, the, the bigger they are, the the less they can do do to you. But seriously, like I, I'd rather not see them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we've got Vine seek here, kind of in his Destro Destro GI <laughs> yeah. Joe outfit here.
1: He's got he, a little bit, a little bit.
0: I see that a little bit. Maybe a little time trapper esque ask here uh, for, <laughs> for those Legion of Superheroes fans out there. All all none of you. Oh, none and of you. Uh, we've got, yeah, going on. And this conversation doesn't look like it's going well.
1: Oh, no, not at all. Not at all, because, I mean, the Fine Seeks looking for the Star Corps. And, uh, well, the the cat people, the cat aliens, they, uh, they, they um, well, they brought him, uh, a couple of humans.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Star Core, right? And so, is the Star Core. now, is that another team of kid heroes, or? It's what the Vine Seek is seeking. So, okay, well, we I guess we don't know. So, oh, and then that art on the next page, uh, they start talking, and he says, you know, they're talking, hey, call your master and... Uh Vine Keep just kind of looks at them and then they like there, please, please can you do that? And that mask opens up and it is really creepy.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh wait, there's a mask to hide the 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 the, the monster underneath it. And there's yes. definitely more underneath. You know, there's that.
0: the eyes we were getting in the background on Brett's cover. Yeah. So okay, I see it now. So I don't know about the popcorn in the car, but we are definitely here. And this is a little nuts. Okay, so they—I <laughs> like the the cat aliens, though. Man, they're they're persistent, right? Like, hey, uh, we we've got some extra cargo. Uh, it's going to cost you to dispose of that. Um, and Vine keeps just kind of like, yeah, I'm sure we'll take care of that. Um, just shut up and uh, give me the Starcore.
1: I have to okay. say, too, like with all this, um, David was super. He came in clutch in the the editing of a lot of stuff in here because we had um, so much dialogue going on, and it was muddying up a lot of what Brett had drawn. And David, the editor, uh, was was David Mayer. David Mayer, the, the editor. editor. Yes, I don't think we've introduced David. No, in this we have not yet. Uh, so he. Um, <laughs> He really, he really brought his A game for this issue. Uh, he's learned a lot, uh, editing uh, different stuff in the past, uh, doing you know magazines, newspaper stuff, and then uh, a couple of short comics with me, and then jumping into this, uh, going through all the issues to make sure that everything kind of ties together and hitting a lot of the nuances and subtleties that that need to be there, but also making sure that a lot of stuff that. Can go away. Just gets noted so that Travis and I can make those those tough decisions to, as most most writers do, have to kill those babies occasionally, and we 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 chop some lines. But it was worth it because Brett's art is amazing on these pages. Oh my gosh, just the way I'm I'm just looking at it again. I'm like it's like looking at the first time again.
0: Yeah, so. We're bouncing back in and by the way, for all one listeners, our one listener, David Mayer, if you want an editor, reach out to this guy. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I would strongly. And I'm sure
0: we <laughs> can put his contact information in the, the show notes.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can.
0: Well, I'd hire him.
1: Uh, I would say I would, but I already did again. No, <laughs> so, I think I referred him to you. You did. I, I had to say to like uh, for um, for for david uh he he actually started out as uh, as the intern for junior braves uh he he met me after uh, doing a doing a speech for uh about about comics uh with you and um he was he was quick to to be like hey do you need an intern and i thought about it for a minute because i was like i i've never had anybody ask me that nor do i think i really need one but he he was an all around kind of like a, a MacGyver at conventions, uh, quick to help out, set up stuff, um, even even not just for myself, but other people, um, just a pleasure to have around and and really willing to to learn how a lot of the the behind the scenes kind of works, because if you want to work in comics, it is a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, you know, just a lot of self doing, (laughs) you have to do a lot of stuff. Yep. And so, well,
0: David is the editor here and he cleaned up a lot of the dialogue. It sounds like, and we're flipping pages here. Yep. Uh, and we've got everybody back on, uh, trapped on these big stick things again, uh, presumably ready for spiders to eat them. And, uh, hadn't thought about that before so that <laughs> was unsettling once i got there and so now uh now we get uh chris here making fun of the reporter <laughs> which i love oh yeah uh so you thought you found the ultra kids a eh? and so they they get into a little bit of a discussion and uh he thought uh, the reporters like thought he was wrong, maybe. And Chris is just spouting off about those smart kids. Everybody wanted to be them. Just having a blast with this reporter. And they flip the page and it gets really dark. And the reporter's like, you don't get it, kid. And Chris said, what? Get what? And he said, I never planned to find them. They're dead. And we're about to be dead, too. And we get this painting. Oh, yeah. Of of, uh, Chris and Sarah dead on the ground.
1: Well, the Ultra Kids dead on the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, the Ultra Kids. Sure, sure. So, presumably Chris and Sarah, right? But maybe not, because I guess we're not really sure. Even though I thought I was sure, you thought. You were and now sure? you're making me have doubts. That's what happens when you talk to an author. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was pretty sure. And you're doing that thing where you make me unsure. So we're going to turn the page before I get more unsure. And uh, we get the whole flashback thing. And he said, you know, he was following up on the house and this conspiracy. The Ultra Kids had retired, entered high school. He's like, that's how television works. He basically explains how he stalked Chris and Sarah. Uh, and then he was going to go to this house and drop the twist that they weren't really the Ultra Kids, and they were somebody else. Boom, and uh, we flip the page, and Chris just asks, "Well, you know, if they're dead, then why were you at my house?" He's like, "It's called a doorbuster," uh-huh. and, like, door yeah, well, and it's like a doorbuster. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's a it's a real term. It's really great. So, if anybody got a chance to, I had to say this: if anybody got a chance to to see um, the video for the first Starlight if you have not you should go back. It's a treat. Uh, Burl bear does the, the, the video for us and does the whole entire, the intro. And uh, actually this character uh, is, is, is loosely based on Burl bear uh, who is a, uh, an interviewer, a, a true crime investigator and writer uh, known for a lot of his, his books in that, in that genre, but as well as uh the saint books and novels. And, uh, he, his, his whole entire character is that, I mean, his real life persona is, is this, this kind of gritty guy. And, uh, and when he was talking to us about, uh, things that he, he had done, that was just one of the things we're like, Oh my God, we got to put this in the book. (laughs) It's a doorbuster, kid.
0: (laughs) Yep. So, well, I love it. And we flipped the page and, uh, while well, things are melting
1: what oh my gosh
0: see so you can't trick me that
1: long i know i can't trick you that long the melter has
0: powers yeah you tricked me for like a page a page and, um yeah it, but she didn't really trick me because i i thought they were the ultra kids the whole time
1: maybe it's just that she's she's melting it because of the drugs not <laughs>
0: yeah maybe we're imagining it yeah you're imagining or she's it. imagining it well it's beautiful art either way but anyway the uh the reporter's going on about how smart he is anyway kid it's been 10 years without word or sign and they were just kids face it they're gone and and this is just looking forward going yeah that that can't be true
1: <laughs> yeah no
0: and the look on his face is just awesome like i love his sort of look of like both, sort of disgust, but then also worry.
1: Yeah. He's like, um, um mm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it's a, it's a, yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, that facial expression. Well, so we get to the next page and.
1: It's a nice little flashback.
0: Yeah. And yeah, we get this flashback and. <laughs> Uh, kind of it's, it's, it was hard for me to tell if it was a flashback or is what the reporter thought the world was like,
1: I, I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a snapshot of, of the world flashback, a little bit of those, those bits.
0: Yeah. And then we get this sort of piece where, you know, the kids are being attacked and I think this is Chris talking, right?
1: Um, you get a little bit, it's a lot of it is, uh. Say uh, uh, the you're getting a lot of it from uh, our reporter.
0: Okay, yeah. So okay, so it's the reporter talking.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: and he's telling, reciting the story of Chris and Sarah as kids. Here they are fighting all these super villains and super terrorists, etc. And and here we go, and then. There's really awkward scene where you start to wonder if if Sarah sort of withdrew and you kind of see how she dresses now. I don't say awkward, but it felt awkward to me um, because they're being attacked and it looks like Chris is using some sort of force field here. At least he's holding his hand up. Yeah. And of course, I don't know exactly what his powers are yet, so that's OK. He's mighty boy.
1: He's mighty boy. He has he's using. Mighty powers. All of his
0: power. (laughs) He's like the Martian Manhunter right now. Like, I thought he had super strength. Now apparently he has force fields. Pretty soon he'll have telekinesis. Now telepathy. He'll be afraid of fire. Did I get it all? Pretty much. Okay. So, I'm sure I'll find out nothing else throughout the story.
1: You'll find out nothing through the rest of the story.
0: (laughs) That's good to know. Um, But the, the narrator... Is uh, saying uh, children aren't ready for this kind of reality, even with superpowers. All evidence of reality itself points to one truth. A team of kid superheroes is bound to end tragically. And we look like uh, Sarah is, well, melting down, for lack of a better term.
1: For lack of better terms, yes. Roger has nailed it with his his description as to what is happening or what will happen to kid superheroes.
0: And so now we get to the page and they're back there on the pyres and it's a great flashback scene because, you know, he, uh, the reporter asks, well, where's Jim and your mother? And Sarah just says, not here, but she's now looking at her hands because now when she melted down in the past, all of a sudden it seems like in this very stressful situation, her powers are back and she's going to escape.
1: That is a correct assumption.
0: (laughs) And uh, the reporter's forlorn, and he just said, I don't want to die here with you. And he's looking at Sarah for a second, but then looks down, and it's like he's not realizing that she has figured out how to escape yet. So she's out, right? Yep. Ish. Okay. Ish. Yeah. And so now we get to the next page and we get some more banter and Sarah is talking. And whenever Sarah talks, everything's smeared together because she's squinch, squench, squinching away on her pacifier.
1: Yeah, she's a, a lot of her dialogue. Uh, again, this is this is true to to, um, you know, just anyone that's under the influence of stuff They're They're just a little slurry with their words in the past fire mouth. (laughs) Right.
0: And so, yeah. And so he says, you know, that's weird. Not, uh, not the fact that you took drugs when you were being abducted by aliens, Jesus Christ, you know, and they're talking about electricity and why aliens always use electricity. And we're getting into this a little bit more bantering. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the reporter's like losing it. Seriously, we're going to die, and you two are talking about the kind of energy they're going to kill us with. Uh he's absolutely freaking out. He's like, This is why kids shouldn't be superheroes. Uh your brains have been filled with too many comic book memories. He's just making fun of everybody.
1: Me, you, yep. kids. Uh anyone that likes comics, like, I mean, it's it's just Jack it, McKee, it's a- Yeah, was. it's, 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 you know, I'm going to read. Have we named the reporter yet? Roger. Yeah, you keep
0: calling him Roger. Yeah, I'm going to call him Jack McGee. No, well, his name is Roger. See, Jack McGee's calling us. He's found the Hulk. Did you get that? You went silent because the phone rang. And so now I don't get... To, now I get to make fun of Jack McGee, like, without any interference from you. And the whole television show. And this is great because I've lost Greg for a minute. And the best thing about here is Roger Jack McGee here... Yes. ...has got a giant alien standing over him. Oh, no. And it looks like a devil kind of alien.
1: It's a, it's a scary alien, man. Yeah. So we don't... And then... Not sure what happens
0: there because he just goes away.
1: It's 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 what he's you know he's it's just it's just there,
0: <laughs> and then Sarah is just standing there in the middle of the room, <laughs> and on the next page, Sarah's just standing there looking at everybody, and I don't know if the reporter's really realizing what's going to go on. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: None whatsoever.
0: And so he's
1: still thinking with his adult brain, like, how do we get out of this? What's going on? Oh my gosh, kids are dumb. Uh, uh. uh. And she's
0: already out. Yeah. And then from back behind her, sort of an area fifty two alien appears, which is one of my little favorite uh, art little giveaways here, which is funny. <laughs> area fifty one. What yeah. I say? Area fifty yeah. two? What am I like combining DC comics with area fifty one there? Yes, you did. Wow. It's okay. That's what they say about getting old.
1: It happens, man. It happens.
0: Yep. So, yeah. Well, she he's going off. You're thinking about why they use electricity instead of fucking magic. <laughs> this <laughs> is why I'm glad I was wrong about you being superheroes because at least you two have an excuse for being useless. And she's looking at him in the background and she says, I kind of want to draw that and put it on my deviant
1: for the for, for deviant art so like, yep. you know so you know she's she's like she's an artist man she she wants to she wants to draw stuff
0: well she is drawing stuff because she starts moving around and uh, with her hands and uh, all of a sudden things start going a little haywire oh yeah like uh, she starts going hmm okay and then chris is down and she's down and uh roger's coming down here Mm -hmm. and he just keeps asking how high are you right now (laughs) and she's like like i mean (laughs) squench like they have all the advancements in the various forms of energy she's still back on this energy talk yeah uh while she's doing all this and she's seeing let's see she's seeing an area 51 alien now a giant uh a giant what devil looking alien. Now she's seeing uh what are these gnomes? Wizard
1: gnomes.
0: Wizard gnomes. Okay. Yeah, it's someone in the background. Yeah, she's she's high.
1: She's having she's having an experience.
0: Yeah. And then she does all that and then she tells them she has to pee. <laughs> so, you know, that's hey, when nature day calls, in the office for Sarah. Yeah. Um, nature calls. Nature calls. Apparently. I rescued everybody, deuces. Uh, I'm going away now. And then now that we get back to the cat aliens and vine keep. Yep. Oh, are fighting. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, he's like, you don't pay us. He's like, quick, get the cargo. We're going to get it. And vine keeps like, you're just like all the rest of your race, cursed to failure and self-destruction. And you and your family will die. Like the rest of your species in darkness. I'm like, Oh, Okay. Well, oh, man. He's letting uh, his cloak go. Yep, and he's consuming the cat guy. With the dark. And he says, I vow my family will never let you hold the star core. Okay. Well, that did not go well for the catty lands.
1: No, no. One down, three to go.
0: Now we got some more catty coming, but there's three more catty lands. No, 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 no.
1: It's just, it's just the family of four.
0: Oh, I got you. Three to go. Yep. So we got some more cat aliens coming in. Uh, we'll grab the star core, get to an escape pod. Uh, his immortal ass can spend eternity figuring out how to pilot a star runner. And uh, that's all going on in the background. And well, now Sarah is putting her hands on the wall. I think. I think that's the wall.
1: Yeah. You know, it's the wall. Okay. It
0: looks kind of like a wall. It could just be kind of the space part, which is okay. I, I, I'm kind of okay with the vagueness here because yeah. they're on a... Star Runner spaceship uh, with alien technology that presumably uses electricity because we've had a lot of electricity talk. And I'm not actually exactly sure what that is, but it could be a wall. It could be a wall. It might be a wall. I mean, you probably know what it is, but I'm just going to use my I kind of thought, too, it was just like this electrical space out there, which seemed kind of cool since they kept talking about electricity.
1: She's, you know, she's putting her hands out. She's getting a feel for it.
0: And, uh, they start looking, Hey, do we have anything useful in our pockets? Nope. Nope. Okay. They're holding like an old iPhone or something. And, uh, so the reporter's like, so is her power not melting those walls now? And Chris starts to explain her powers. So she's not melting them. She's pulling the energy from the walls, looking for signs of language and communication. And, uh, Some pennies fall out of his pocket. And (laughs) this is where I knew it was your voice here, right here in this scene. Uh, He's like, just leave them. All they do is make holes in your jeans. And Roger's like, that's a myth. And they get into this discussion about whether or not it costs more to make pennies than they're actually worth. And this is where I heard you. I heard you right here. And... uh, you just think of conversations happening in the old debate room and then i'm at lower columbia college y'all (laughs) want to ever go there and just and then uh, having
1: those 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 good old talks
0: (laughs) yep yep and then (laughs) even says when i was just a stringer out of college i moved into this old house with my girlfriend he goes into this story of, of why he needs these pennies and he was using them you know to uh which is a phenomenal idea. We do not recommend that you do this. It's um, dangerous. He had this old screwing fuses, <laughs> and he was putting pennies in there instead of fuses, which is a terrible idea. Uh, it's a good way to start an electrical fire. Yes, uh, and just proving that Roger's an idiot. Uh, so yeah, which we already knew. And I do like how young Roger. Uh, his it's like his facial hair just moved from shaggy to to mu- to mustache, right? Yeah. So he went from yeah, shaggy do to to mustache. So. Okay, cool. And uh, so anyway, Chris just says, hey, nobody uses those fuses anymore. And he's like, that doesn't change my point. Pennies are important. This whole time they're having this discussion. (laughs) Sarah is like melting the ship, moving electricity around. And they're just chatting about pennies while Sarah is is saving humanity. And Chris is so uh, calm about this because it's like he's seen this before.
1: Are you saying that this conversation doesn't make sense?
0: I think it makes absolute sense from Chris's perspective because Chris is just like watching his sister do her thing and he knows that's going to happen, right? But, you know, <laughs> from Roger's perspective, Roger is done, right? Like Roger is so overwhelmed by the situation. He's grabbing pennies off the ground
1: of a spaceship. You're like, so, you're so <laughs> caught up and you didn't even you, – you're like, move over to the joke. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yep you just like this, 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 this His sister is melting the wall I got it No I get it
0: You want to enlighten me here No Okay I'm the reader
1: I sir. know you're the reader It makes a lot of sense Penny <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well we'll just keep going Okay So <laughs> Our uh, He's like, our parents don't know we have superpowers. She says it right there. I was like, oh, or that they still have them, I presume. But I don't really know that for sure. But I'm just going to go with that they still have them. And uh, then uh, Chris relaxed, feels an explosion. He's like, was that you? And she's like, nope. (laughs) Okay. And and, uh, he says, hey, Roger, maybe your pennies can turn the lights back on. Hey, which that's was one of my favorite lines in the book. <laughs> so we move on to the last page, and uh, Roger's looking at his family. I think, yeah. And uh, he's asked, "What's she doing now?" And and Chris is like, "Sarah, what are you doing now?" <laughs> it's like, I could have asked that myself. And he's like, "Yep, yeah, I've." told you earlier like five or six times this is not what it says here but I'm like I've told you five or six times in the story why don't you just ask her and now he's saying yep you, you could have just asked her <laughs> and now she's trying to hack the ship um, with her electrical powers and pulling the energy out of things here and uh, Roger's like how's it going and uh, can you do that and she's like nope nope we're fucked <laughs> end of story end of story and she doesn't have her binky in her mouth nope so now now times are serious oh yeah she's getting serious now and I think maybe she came down from her, her little ecstasy eye too
1: she's using her powers man
0: and then we get a page of all sorts of people in bunny hats
1: yep all of our-
0: including one guy down the corner looks really familiar he does I feel like I've seen him before
1: I think so Okay, but I'm not quite sure
0: I feel like I've seen some of these folks before too but I feel like I've definitely seen that guy before Uh, and then get some paintings
1: yeah so a lot of these uh, were were the uh, the folks who, who went for the commissions and stuff like that from Brett nice and man these are great Because Brett
0: is really great. Yeah. And that's the end. So I am anxiously listening, waiting for issue three, uh, where we get to find out what happens on the spaceship. And maybe we'll get to even find out if Chris has any powers. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you just have to wait. I mean the Kickstarter hasn't uh, hasn't dropped yet for issue number three, but there is definitely we have some work to go. I've seen some some of the great artwork that Brett's doing uh, right now on on the new book and it blows my mind. It really does. Uh, I can tell you, uh, if if you like what you've just read and and if you like number one and if anyone that is listening has goes back and checks these out and uh, and all then yeah it's the the rest of the series definitely definitely lays out and plays out and pays off for sure i'm not just saying that as a writer uh but as as somebody who's had uh our reading crew we had a, a really great crew of folks that that read along with us over the last two years As we've been putting this together, and uh they've got to see a lot of the different things and changes and stuff like that that Travis and I have made on uh on David's request and even on Brett's as well. As as this is a team, and uh we work together on making sure that this is a a good a good story and cohesive and works. Uh it makes sense, right? So it makes sense to to listen to your artist and what they what they want to see and what they want to uh, put out there and make sure that, uh, that also when your editor is making, <laughs> making choice decisions as well. But uh, it, like I said, it's, it's two years of, of working on this, but it's been also uh, a few years before that. And, and the genesis of, of Starlight uh, kind of came about with, uh, with a trip to Burning Man for Travis and Brett. And uh, it was one of those things where they went away. Uh, they had, had their moment at the burn uh they the the irony and funny funny weird thing is like they're trying to get me to go with them and it just wasn't just wasn't lining up and uh they're messaging me on the way down and then as soon as they got back out of the desert uh there was a a message and it was like you're never going to believe the story that we came up with we're going to write this thing and i i want to share it with you as soon as i can and the two of them,, uh, you know, had this idea. And Travis went to work writing this 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 story. and and I've said this another podcast before, uh, but he calls me up and he's like, "Meet me for coffee, read what I have." And I sat there and read uh, j- he hands me a stack of papers. It was just a giant. It was it was like, um, meeting up with somebody and, and getting their, their giant, like their work, you know? And, and I just sat down at the, at, at the, uh, the coffee shop, uh, on capital on Capitol Hill that we were meeting and, uh, and just started reading. And at, at one point I was just like, I looked at him and I, I literally like, there was a moment in the story where it just, it hit me and I, I was like I this this right here, what you've written, it, it hit apart. and I, I like I literally was like I was in tears. I didn't realize that I was crying and Travis is like, it must be good because you're crying. <laughs> or yeah. it's really bad. Tell me it's good. <laughs> and I was like, No, no, dude, you, you 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 know, like there's like this is this is like everything that I wanted to read about f- of, of child superheroes. And, and he, and he was like, you know, wh- what, do you think? And I was like, it's, I think it's really good. And then like a month later, he was like, I'm still working on it. And then a month later, he's like, uh, Brett told me to call you. I'm stuck. And he thinks that you should come and help me on this. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, I don't know what I can do, because if anybody knows Travis, Travis is the guy that fixes stuff for other people. Travis and and to have the guy that fixes things for other people call you to come in and fix something for him because he's stuck on it seems weird to me uh, because that's what Travis has done in his writing career is he's always been the guy that people go to to fix their problems. And that's not necessarily what I do. And, and then he's like, and I need help scripting it out because I don't know how to format it for the comic that I want or the graphic novel that I want. And I was like, this is a step in a different direction for me because this isn't what I normally do, but let's do it. So I, like I said, I, I, I came into it in a totally like a 180 degrees different direction. Uh, different setting than I normally normally do I was going through and and working through all this and and trying to find uh what what made sense from my perspective and you know seeing what he'd already already laid out and and putting those those voices into those spaces and making it making it work in a in a great comic because it was it was a great story but uh, uh going into a comic book uh, cause he had it, he had a lot of stuff issued out or put out there and he wasn't sure how he wanted to do it in a graphic novel or in issues and then making sure that we weren't going back too much and, and retelling the same thing over and over again. So a lot of, a lot of trimming that down. And that's when I was like, we need to bring an editor in, uh, because the two of us are too connected to it. We're too close to it. And we need a third set of eyes that doesn't necessarily need to focus on these things necessarily. Uh, but can tell us what it is that we're not doing in other portions that are structural. Right. And that's where David came in. Uh, And there was, there was a few moments where Roger's character um, was, he was very minimal. And uh, as you, as you saw in this chunk of the story, um, he has a, a lot of, there's, there's some, there's a little bit of depth to him and, and, I really feel like we, we bring that out in, in the next issue as well. But it's really, it's one of those things where his, like you said, his voice, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff. You're like, Oh, that's definitely Greg. Uh, and it was, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I tell this? How do I, how do I make this make sense? Because, he, you know, you got a, you're you're stranded on a ship and you got a bunch of junk in your pants, you know, <laughs> like, right. And and you're you're an old man that's trying to have a conversation with a kid that you don't even know if he's who you're looking for and you think he might be, but you're not sure. And now your your whole life is turned upside down. You're trying to make sense of it.
0: And he's just messing with him the whole time. Yeah. Like
1: Chris messes with him throughout
0: the whole story. Right. Yeah. It's like tables are turned. You've been chasing me. Well,
1: now I have you. Now I have now I have all the power because I can mess with your mind in a sense. Right. Old man. And maybe
0: he has that power, too. No,
1: <laughs> no sp- I can't tell you anything, Dan. I'm not 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 going to spoil nothing for any of the readers uh, well,
0: and let's be let's be clear to you i was not one of greg's readers and i knew this project was going on in the background but he would not tell me anything about it and so yeah hey. i didn't get to know anything about it i i'm reading it for the first time with the rest of you like i got my issue in the mail uh, <laughs> i got my links from travis uh, not greg I got a mail from Travis, I got links from Travis, and uh, I got to read it for the first time. So, yeah, I'm, it's all new to me.
1: Travis has really stepped up um, as, as we're, you know, w- when we we sat down and we decided we really wanted to make, uh, we, and, and tell the listeners so they understand the, the journey of, of Starlight. This was definitely one of those things where we, when we put it together, uh, we we did shop this around. And uh, we had we had some interested folks uh, other you know publishers and stuff like that and uh, Travis wanting you know he really wanted to to, to get it into somebody's hands uh, Brett and I have both worked with publishers uh, and we have had experiences and stuff good bad and different but we we also saw that this is something that we could we could do ourselves and we saw an opportunity uh, that we could create overcast comics and if we had we had enough people that were interested at the jump we could we could make this happen and uh, we did on issue one. and issue two I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean we we, we threw issues we we did it, we ran a Kickstarter during the beginning of a pandemic and then we dropped in second issue in the middle of the hottest part of it. And, uh, one of the worst things you can do is is kill a Kickstarter. So we just let it ride and we saw where we, we needed to pivot and change some stuff. Uh, it's always a a learning process with anything. Whenever you're starting, uh, something like this, it, it is a business. It is, you're running the whole thing, uh, yourselves and Travis is doing a very good job captaining this thing. Uh, we, we all have our different roles. And we all do different things to make different different aspects of this happen uh, for the Kickstarter. A lot of times, Travis and I are working well into the night when we're uh, done with the rest of our day, and uh, and trying to figure out all the different stuff so that you know Brett can focus on the art, and then David can and David can focus on some of the other things that we need him to focus on uh, with the editing and and some of the other things that we might need. But a lot of times, we're we're really just trying to make sure that this this thing, this monster that it is, uh, stays, stays righted. And, uh, it's one of those, those crazy moments where you're like, okay, um, what did we learn, uh, on issue two? Not the issue two that you're looking at right now, but when we dropped issue two, we, like I said, we dropped it in the middle of the craziest part of 2020. And, uh, we realized that, that there was a lot of things that we needed to change in how we, how we put it out there in order to, to get people, uh, to be interested and involved. And we definitely did a really good job, obviously getting funded in 24 hours, uh, uh, was one of those things we weren't expecting and we, we did. And it's because our, our backer team, uh, from issue one, uh, when, when things kind of like settled down in the world were, were there for us and they, wanted to make sure that issue two came out but they also realized that you know we had a lot of potential for this and they can see the potential for for as we're moving forward for what what they want to see moving moving along the line so and they want to be part of part of not just starlight but what overcast comics can be and it's a lot it's there's there's a lot there so we're pretty excited about about doing uh the next kickstarter for issue number three it is uh it's definitely it's something that we'll be talking a lot more about as as the month goes on uh, as we're starting to gear up and starting our meetings uh internally for those things and uh as travis David, Brett and myself are, are working out all the details and stuff like that. And, and again, learning like, you know, what tiers do people really want? Do people really want these things? There are certain things important. And, uh, there are certain things that are important. Uh, bookmarks were well, one of those things we, we kind of like, do people really want a bookmark? But they do because a cool bookmark with, with Brett's art is amazing. And when you got, uh, this, this cool bookmark that you can use in a comic book, which seems kind of silly, but also in a regular book, uh, yes, people still have regular books. It is cool. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I went off the rails there. I probably over explained a lot of things that you probably were not I don't like, think so. Did I need all that? I, I don't know.
0: I thought it was interesting and I'm sure our listeners will too. I mean, it's interesting because it's interesting to find out what goes into the background of this. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what's working on it. And, I think if anything too, uh, I hear both excitement, fun, and stress in your voice as you're describing kind of that, right? You're putting something out there into the world and you're like, Is somebody going to like this?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's a crazy thing to think that when I got the phone call from them after they got out of the desert, that this was something that they were going to work on. And then I got looped into it and then we started to make this thing. And then it's like, well, where do we want to go from this point? And we were going to conventions and, you know, we're talking to different folks at their tables and, you know, like like publishers and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, interested. And it was kind of like, oh, hey, cool. Somebody's interested in this idea. But then as the reality of everything set in, like I said, it's one of those things where it's like – But we also have the, we've seen, you know, with Brett working on, uh, you know, uh, one fall and his success in that and my own, uh, various Kickstarters that I've done in the past and with, you know, the various projects that I've worked on, uh, it's, it's a possibility. It's a reality. It's something that you didn't have in the past, but by today's standards, anybody that wants to go out and create something like this and make this something tangible, you can. Uh, we have the ability to do it. We have the technology to do it. And if you have the heart, why not just go ahead and try it? I mean, the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work out once and you try it again. And, you know, we it happened to us. And we had a great success the second time. So, and yeah, it's stressful. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's 30 days of like, is it, is it going to happen? That first 24 hours is like, you know, is it happening? Is it happening? Um, and I think anybody that runs a Kickstarter, or any type of project uh, that is community funded or crowdfunded uh, worries and is concerned because you don't want to let the people that are, that are jumping in at, you know, on the jump uh, down you want, because they, they believe in the project. They believe in what you're putting out there and you want to make sure that it comes to fruition, that it's something that they can actually say they're a part of.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's neat too, because I mean, for you all, because I know how diligent you are too, right. I think, uh, one of the neat things about that is, uh, you both shopped it around, right? And you shopped the idea a little bit. Hmm. Um, so you knew, and um, in, in, to an extent, right? If you went out on your own here, I mean, it was a risk. I mean, there was some risk involved, right? But if uh, if for some reason um, it didn't right happen for you, you could go back and shop it, right? So, and I think, you know, to encourage others too, right? Um, whether you decide to shop it or where do you decide to Kickstarter your idea or you just want to put it out there for people, you know, it's not a one way door. Right. Just because you kickstart something doesn't mean you can't go and then get an issue out there, build interest and then go back to a publisher later. Right. And do the story. And it doesn't vice versa. Right. Like if you have your own product and you own that and you run it with a publisher, that doesn't mean you can't keep Kickstartering uh, later down the road. I mean, we've seen Ron Randall, I think, is a great example of someone who. Had some, you know, did some of Trekker with the publisher, right? And mm-hmm. then went out and kickstarted the rest and owns it. So yeah. he can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah. And it's, it's a, really neat to see that happen.
1: It's a beautiful and book think, too. And it, it's amazing the, the fact that here's a guy who I've, I've talked to him uh, about, about Kickstarter and about his book Trekker. And here's a guy who knew nothing about any of this stuff and had to learn uh, something that and, and and he even said it himself generation generationally speaking this is not his game and he is hyper successful in it this is this is like something for the younger set to do but he he got in and he learned it and figured it out and he's like if I could do it anybody can
0: sure and I, I think too whether it's young creators Middle aged creators, not saying we're middle aged or anything, but yeah. And then, uh, you know, or Ron, I'm not saying you're old, Ron, because totally respect you. Because to me, Ron's not old. No, right? but His he's a seasoned is, is he's young. a
1: seasoned comics yeah. veteran. He's a he's a person who has created comics uh for for many years, and then to pick up this new technology that generally speaking is is you know built for a younger crowd and, and, and to be able to run with it. And he's like, you know, I had to learn how to do a lot of stuff on the computer that I didn't feel comfortable with, you know? Yeah, And
0: I think too, we've seen, um, even somebody like a Mike Grell, yeah. uh, team up, uh, but just, he got a help. Like he had a company help him out, but he owned John Sable. So he went back and collected all those and, and printed them out and, and did a Kickstarter. But then a lot of, of younger creators too. And, I mean, I love, you know, Kickstarter because I can get on and find creators from all over the world. And I'm not, again, I'm not one of those indie only, you know, you're not cool if you're reading. Because <laughs> you'll notice like everything I pick out is, is, you know, for the show, for the most part, is some sort of superhero comic. But I've run into all sorts of, of neat uh, things on Kickstarter, from mainstream artists, Joe Glass in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, love, uh, the kickstarters that he puts out about a couple of those over time, just kind of looking back through. And, and so, you know, you can support comics in a lot of, of, different ways. And I think it's important to remember that. And so as, uh, as things continue, and especially, you know, during time when you know people are struggling, you know, reach out and, and support somebody's book. Yeah. And i uh, see what you can do to help them out. And I, however, want you to support Starlight cool. because I want more issues. We, and so we your support it. allows me to keep reading because uh, obviously I'm going to support it, too, because I have to buy mine because uh, I've got full disclosure here. I buy these I bought this from Greg. Uh yeah, I I didn't get one for free.
1: <laughs> he had to buy it. But I had to buy the book. And, and and the crazy thing is too is like when we when we first started this uh with with issue 1 uh because the pandemic started and and conventions were just tanked. I mean they are they still are. Yep. It's it's not a thing that you can go out and go to a convention. Yes, there are some places that are opening up, but is it really at the, at the level that you feel comfortable or is it going to be at the capacity in which a creator can go out and actually make money at, to sustain themselves? That's questionable, both of those things. Uh, Brett being an artist who this is his livelihood. This is how he makes his money. If he is making comics for someone else... He's making a paycheck, but he also sustains himself by going to conventions and making that money at conventions. If he's not making, if he's not going to conventions, he's not making that money. So when we put this Kickstarter together, Travis and I had a, had a discussion and we both agreed that this was going to be one of those things to make sure that Brett had money in his account so that he didn't have to worry. You know, and it's one of those things that you just do.
0: Yep. And you have to adjust to the folks you're working with, right? hmm And so, yeah. Well, Greg, I- I've got to say this has been insightful. I've gotten a lot into the book itself, but also kind of the behind-the-scenes pieces here. And I do want to wrap up this episode because I know we've been going on for a bit here. But yep. <laughs> I hope that our listener, our dedicated listener, John, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate the spoiler verse <laughs> and your dedication to our podcast and your continued promotion of us as Consulu. As Cthulhu calls, thank you oh. for listening to
1: this commercial for Starlight. No.
0: <laughs> That's right. I, well, and the, I think the fun thing is about this, though we can talk this freely because it's not really a commercial for Starlight no. because I didn't run this until after I had the book.
1: Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's really it's not. Uh,
0: like, it is, but it, it isn't. It is, yeah. but
1: it's not. I mean, like as a, as a creator that is that creates things, I want you to go out and take a look at all the different Kickstarter that are out there. Find the thing that that fits you and fits what you like and back those things. Because, I mean, if Starlight's not your thing, get on Kickstarter and look around and see those different creators that are out there. Because there are creators that are looking for you just as much as you're looking for them. And find the books that you want, find the things that you're into. Um, There's a ton of great stories that need to be read by various creators that are putting out different stories and different things that totally fit your bill. So if it's superheroes, if it's horror comics, if it's sci-fi, if it's true crime, if it's noir, if it's whatever it is, you know, if it's a great retelling of a classic story that might be like public domain or something like that, but it's totally like in your wheelhouse and it's just your jam right now, go buy those books and, and check them out.
0: Yep yep do it and so with that uh get out there look at things read and read comics because comics are fun they are so fun
1: they're pain paying to to but they are fun to read <laughs>
0: <laughs> well on that note i don't think they're that much of a pain because i know how much you love doing it i but do the-
1: if i didn't love it i would i would have quit like 20 years ago <laughs> So,
0: there we get, there you have it. There's an inside look at Starlight Issue number 2. We've covered the issue and the inside background of making it, the Kickstarter, processing it, getting it ready to go, and that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Funny Book Forensics. But we want you to join us and all the other great podcasts on the Spoilerverse, including Spoiler Country, Narrative Gunslingers. I've heard somebody important is on that one. Couldn't be me. Or
1: no, it's Travis Webb. Travis Webb. Uh Travis Webb. Travis, Travis is Webb. On that. The co creator and writer of Starlight Comic is is uh the the podcast host of uh the other podcast host of uh Narrative Gunslingers. Per, you get to hear him shoot things
0: That's why I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at look at me. I'm very see, I'm clever that way. Yeah,
1: you're clever. Uh, I'm a jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's all about great like said, this ending to this podcast is the most succinct ending ever. uh but thank you spoilerverse uh we we'd like to thank John and and Kenrick and of course you know get out there. Uh, Casey just did an amazing you did a couple amazing interviews as of late yeah. uh one was with Mark Wade, which was a really great interview. So if you're not listening to the other po- uh podcast on the spoilerverse, You are missing out, especially in the realm of comics. I'm going to admit that maybe I don't get into as much of the uh, pop culture stuff on the spoiler verse. I'm usually digging into the comics, but there's uh, comic book creators, but there's some pretty amazing stuff out there. So Dig into that and uh, join us again next week, and we'll be back at you with another fine story. Oh, that was uh, it. Uh, Sorry, uh, ending this a little bit more. Uh, Danny Fingeroth.
1: Oh, I was gonna say, if you wanted to check out horse stuff, yeah. check out Saul Perez on on the the Nerds from the Crypt podcast, where he talks to indie creators and and Kickstarter group people.
0: <laughs> that that's true. He does do that, and so this. As we keep wrapping up and talking about all the great things, it's gonna be an end to this episode of Fuddy Book Promotion Cast.
1: Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>